to GTF. My name is Aldo Gandia. The draft is over, but no, it is not. Not here at the Barroom Network. This show with Greg Gabriel starts off another week-long draft coverage here at the Barroom. Let's bring Greg in now. Greg, there you are. There he is. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Did you get your workout in this morning? I got home 15 minutes ago. (laughs) Is that right? Yeah, I went a little late today. Yeah, well, after uh, after I do a workout, which the last time was I think nineteen eighty seven, uh, I I needed like about a two hour nap, but you were ready to rock and roll, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, no, I I like to go in at like like at six, sometimes earlier, but I you know I woke up late, and then uh, my wife works late today, so she gets up later, and then uh, so I waited for that, and then I went over and caught a quick one. Good. Well, good for you. Uh, I need to start following your lead here pretty soon, or you'll be doing the show solo. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. But <laughs> um, I don't have the equipment. Uh, uh, well, that, that's easy to do nowadays, I'm telling you. Um, but no, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to do this show with, uh, with you for the rest of eternity. This is so much fun. And, and already in the chat room, we've got dozens of people uh, anxious to hear your thoughts about this upcoming draft or the uh, just completed draft. What I want to start with is the board. And you've talked about this before, Greg Gabriel, the importance of establishing a solid board and then adhering to it no matter what happens. Am I right or did I hear you wrong? No, you're, you're right. But the thing is, and I've said this repeatedly, no two boards in the National Football League are alike. Right. Every single one is different. What well, you know, and and especially in this year's draft, you had where, where the top of the draft wasn't great as compared to other years. The middle and late part of the draft was excellent. A lot of depth and depth going into undrafted free agency. In fact, I, I was reading an article, you know, this morning on Peter King's, uh, you know, Football Morning in America, or whatever the hell he calls it, and <laughs> and. You know, Baltimore just stocked up on fourth-round picks. They had six or seven fourth-round picks because they thought that's where the, the, the strength of the draft was. And and you saw that with uh, Ryan Poles trading back when he got into the first. He made the trade, you know, giving up a six next year because he had an extra six. And then, uh, you know, trading back in the fifth round. So he turned three picks into eight picks or something like that, you know, going into uh, – uh, Saturday and, and got a lot more players, and that was smart. But you mm-hmm. know what? The Bears' players in the fifth round might not have been the Browns' players in the fifth round. So what? The important thing is, and, and people could say, well, they should have taken another receiver. And and I, I've seen a thousand times on Twitter, well, why didn't they take Justin Ross? Justin Ross is a physical reject for almost every team in the National Football League. In fact, there's people calling out Clemson saying he never should have been allowed to play last year for Clemson. Wow. So are you happy that the Bears drafted only one receiver, Chris Watts asked? Uh, you know, I would have liked to have seen more, but that's the way it fell. And don't forget, you know, he, he, you've got an, a general manager and an assistant general manager that were both offensive linemen. 
And they stocked up on offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you what, and I tweeted out last night, those guys are pretty good. They're going to mm-hmm. challenge. And we'll go over them in a, in a few minutes. Yes, But every single one of them has, has got a chance. Now, some of them may have to spend a year on the practice squad only because of, of being a little bit raw or whatever. And you only keep eight or nine on the, on, on the 53-man roster, usually nine uh, by today's standards. But these are some guys that, you know, I, I can see at least two being eventual starters. Now, I'm not saying start this year. I say eventual starter. And when you get an eventual starter out of the fifth round, you hit home run. Yeah, absolutely. The um, and, and the Bears did a nice job of acquiring some undrafted free agents. I'll roll that list on the bottom of the screen a little later, but and we'll talk about uh, any potential gems, like maybe... Uh, well, I, I, I marked down... How many do I got here? One, two, three, four, five, but like six or seven... Great, and only because of of traits, right? You know, you know, like they took a running back who was not, it wasn't a starter at Ohio State, and he's not not that bad, mm-hmm. but it's gonna be real tough for a running back to make this roster. Yeah, you know, so I didn't even bother with him. I, mm-hmm. you know, they they drafted the one kid in the sixth round, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. But uh, uh, you know, this is. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I, I like the way they drafted. I, I'm, I'm happy with it. Look, at you can go to, into the, the draft room of all 32 teams today, and they're all happy with their draft. Mm-hmm. Their fans might not be. They are. And mm-hmm. they're not going to find out until August if they're right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of the uh, things that I really enjoyed uh, hearing from Ryan Poles when he met with the media after when the draft was completed is now we've acquired the players and now it's time for Matt Eberflus and his staff to coach them up. It's a draft and develop system. This is frankly one of the reasons why the Packers have dominated the division for so many years, because that's been their philosophy. Now you can make the case that perhaps they should should suspend that philosophy currently and try to get Aaron Rodgers all the best weapons possible, but they're always thinking down the line. Draft uh, players and then develop them with good teachers, and that's what Ryan Poles said he uh, started to do with the Chicago Bears. What do you think about that? No, I, I agree. In fact, you know, if you, if, if you look at just uh, Thursday night in the first round, Aaron Rodgers was probably, you know, having the big one because they didn't take the damn receiver. You know, be patient. They took a couple more later on. They took a, one who's potentially very good and, and Watkins from North Dakota State who fits what they look for, that big, tall, wide receiver and, and – uh, you know, the, the Bears did not take a guy like that, but there and, and there's one they signed in free agency. But, you know, you got to take what's there. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you, you know, it might take another year to find those guys. And, and they signed one in, in veteran free agency, Equanimous St. Brown. He's a six foot five guy. Mm-hmm. Pring, Pringle's not little. Pringle's six one. And then and, and Vellis Jones is, is a little over six feet tall. Mm hmm. 
The um, my good friend Dan Aguirre, who I do a show with here uh, every Tuesday night, was upset that the Bears didn't target offensive linemen early earlier. Why they, were they duplicating picks? And I tried to explain to him why would you draft someone that you ranked on your board at 150 when the number 50 player is still available? Uh, that to me doesn't make any sense. But he he's he doesn't think about best player available. He thinks. And, and, and you can't – a lot of times they line up, mm-hmm. but not always. Right. And, and I'll tell you, Ryan, Ryan said it really, really well in, in his uh, presser after the draft. He said, I would have been doing the Bears a disservice if I didn't take those two guys. Yep. I thought that because was because that's how that's how they had them lined up, and those guys are two starters. They're coming in and they're starting from day one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all right, we have so many questions already, and dozens and dozens of people watching us live here on our YouTube chat uh, uh, YouTube channel, and also on Twitter. Thank you all for joining us. Let's start with uh, Chris Watts asking, are you happy that we oh, we got that one out, out of the way? Tony the Pod Boss. Greg, could you see a scenario of the Bears trading for Debo? No. Because? <laughs> it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. It's going to cost you half your damn team. And they're not going to trade him. Why should they trade him? They don't have to trade him. He's under contract. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's, he, he's, he's being a little selfish prick and he wants to be traded. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a contract, dude. And, and, and the way the CBA is written, don't show up and see how much it costs you. Yeah, exactly. And, and now, you know, they adjusted in the CBA, in the, in the newest CBA, they adjusted. Mm-hmm. You can't rescind those fines. So it used to be, you know, you get fined, you know, $50,000 a day for not showing up. And they could rescind that once they, you know, the guy comes in and they maybe rework his deal. You can't rescind them anymore. You're fined. You're fined. Okay. Um, Leo asks, who does Greg think will impact the team more? The cornerback drafted uh, uh, Gordon or the safety Brisker? I I can't answer that. I mean, we got to see how that plays out. I I like them both. They're both players. I, I thought, you know, Gordon would go in the first round. I didn't do as much on Brisker only because I didn't think safety was such a need, but I kept hearing he might go in the bottom of the first, Mm -hmm. top of the second. They got him in the middle of the second. Then you watch the tape. The guy's a freaking baller. Yeah. You know, and and he, and they move him all around, Mm -hmm. you know, they they play him as as a uh, nickel linebacker at times. He's played over the slot. He can play man. He can play zone. He's got ball skills and he'll hit. I mean, the guy. The guy's a hell of a football player. It will be disappointing if, true or false, it will be disappointing if those two players are not starting game one. Yeah, bar, barring injury, you know, if they got hurt or something in the preseason, yeah, it would be. Okay. Uh, Bears fan, uh, one, two, nine. Hey, Greg, are the Pickens character concerns real? You've talked about this before. 100% real. And, you know, one GM told me, He's got to go to a team that has a strong head coach and or a strong quarterback. So right away, I thought Green Bay. And Green Bay took Watkins, but he went to Pittsburgh, and Mike Tomlin's a pretty damn strong head coach. Mm-hmm. You, you don't mess around with Mike Tomlin. So he went to that place. He needs structure. You know what he is? He, he's not a criminal. 
Mm-hmm. He's a spoiled little entitled brat. <laughs> and that happens. You know, and and he needs, is it, now, if Olin Cruz was still in this locker room, I'd have no problem taking him because Olin would take him in the corner and kick the shit out of him. <laughs> it's real simple. It's not like he hasn't done it before. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably still doing it somewhere. To no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's start evaluating some of these guys that were acquired on the final day of the draft, uh, day three. And let's start with the offensive lineman, Braxton Jones. Really like that pick. That was one of the names I mentioned Saturday morning. Yes, you did. Um, You know, played at a lower level of comp. And so from that standpoint, you know, he's a little bit raw. He has ideal size. He's over 6'5", got like 35-inch arms, which I love. He's got good strength. He did... 25, 26 reps in the, in the bench, even though that's not where you get your strength. The strength is in your butt and your, your hips. Uh, he played good when he went up against higher level of comp. You know, he's at the FCS level. Um, he's going to be raw. He's going to take some time, but this guy will be a starter at left tackle in time. Whether it's this year, that is really going to be determined how quickly – he develops. He's got the traits to do it, but you know, you're not going to put him in if he's not ready, but the tools to work with his tools are way up here. Mm -hmm. Great, great tools. He, he just, you know, you got to say FCS level. He hadn't played against the best competition. Now he went up against senior bowl and Morton held his own Mm -hmm. and, 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 and did well against, you know, good competition there. Which, which is a start. Now, it's how quickly he adapts to coaching. These guys can come in starting, you know, they got the rookie mini camp uh, next week. Unless they change the rule, which they may have, it used to be the rookies could come in uh, to start the offseason program May 15th. So that would be, you know, they have the rookie mini camp next week, go home a couple days, pack their bags, and turn around and come back and report on the 15th. Now, under the new CBA, it may have been moved up. I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Uh, but that, that's what it always was. It was the 15th of May. All right. They then followed that up with a very intriguing player, uh, uh, linebacker, edge rusher, Dominique Robinson. Well, he's a defensive end. He's not a linebacker. I don't know why they list him as linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's interesting about this guy is he's only played defensive for a couple years. This guy was a wide receiver. In fact, I, I found some tape last night when he was, uh, you know, had a long touchdown re- reception, and he was uh, their ex-receiver at Miami of Ohio. Uh, he can run. Now, he's not as fast as he was when he came up because he's 255 pounds now, and that picture there is from the, the, the Miami of Ohio press guide from a few years ago. And this is the uh, touchdown a pass I think you were referring to. This is him as a high school quarterback. Look at that throw. <laughs> He's pretty good. Pretty good arm for, for a youngster there. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but the guy is a guy's a hell of a, a an athlete. Another guy who went to the senior bowl and, and showed he's got a quick first step. How about this? I have never seen a defensive lineman with a 40 inch vertical jump and his is like 40 and a half or 41. Mm. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And um, he's got to get bigger. His actually, his, his bench strength was pretty good. It was, I think, 24 reps or something. Uh, did I write that one down? Let's see here. No, I didn't write it down. But, you know, he's going to be, as a rookie, 
you know, don't expect much. He's, he's, he's been a defensive player for two years. I see him as a role player, special teams player as a rookie. Yeah. But the upside way, I mean, it's just like Braxton Jones, a lot of upside with this guy. You know, somebody might've been Aaron Lemming said, it's obvious, uh, Aaron, Aaron, or Aaron. It's obvious that uh, Ryan Poles is, is looking for this certain type of athlete, and that's freaks, and that's what this guy is. Yeah, he's a freak athlete, right? So you don't expect him to compete for a starting job. This is a little bit more of a developmental player who hopefully will win a uh, critical role in special teams immediately. Yeah, and then you know you're going to use them in spots. Flus loves to rotate players. Mm-hmm. You know, so he wants to play seven or eight defensive linemen in a game, keep them fresh. Yeah. Depending on how many you have up on the 53 that week. And, and some of that is determined by the opponent you're playing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so I, I can see him being one of four or five defensive ends on the team. And then he's going to, you know, carve out a role on special teams. And because of his speed, mm-hmm. You know, he he's got, got a chance to be a pretty good teams player, and that's that's what you got to do when you're a rookie. Don't forget, he's a rookie. He's not a second round pick. He's a fifth round pick, mm-hmm. and he's a late fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. So uh, after that fifth round pick and round six, the Bears selected offensive lineman Zachary Thomas from San Diego State. Your thoughts? Um, he's very versatile. And that at San Diego State, he started off at guard, played right guard. Mm-hmm. Then he played right tackle. I think it was 2020, he was their starting right tackle. Then in 21, he was the left tackle. The strong point of his game right now is his run blocking. Now, he, he worked in, in preparation for the draft with uh, Duke uh, Manyweather, who I don't know if you know who he is, but if you follow him on Twitter, he's great. He's got this group called Offensive Line Masterminds. He yeah. had... Uh, he had two of the top three offensive linemen drafted that he worked with this year. The guy's he's an offensive line guru, mm-hmm. you know, like some of these quarterback guys are with the quarterbacks. That's what Duke is with the offensive line. And Duke and I were texting back and forth last night. He really likes this guy. He said some teams were looking at him as a potential center, mm-hmm. but he's got he's got versatility. He can get you out. He's playing left tackle right there. Now, that's pretty good. That's a you know, combo block. But he, he's got the ability because of he's, he's almost six foot five. He's got length. He's got pretty good strength. I think he's still got to get a little stronger in the lower body. But he's got the versatility to get you out of a game at tackle if he's one of the guys active. Now, when you go into a game, you usually only have seven offensive linemen active. Mm-hmm. On, on the 50th, or when you have 40, what, 46 guys active for a game day, 45 plus a, the third quarterback. And a lot of times you only dress seven linemen. Those backup linemen have to be able to play more in one position. Mm-hmm. So this guy, based off his college experience, you know, he'll be a guard first in the National Football League. But if he had to, he can get you out of a game and tackle. If you can get guys who can play guard, tackle, center guard, or whatever, that that's going to help. You know, because those are the guys. One of the guys not dressing may be a better player at his position, but because he doesn't have the versatility, he may not dress on Sunday. Okay. 
Um, they've then followed that up with uh, the running back from Baylor. This guy is very, very intriguing. And, and probably this guy got a lot of criticism on social media. Why do the Bears need another running back? This guy, this is a, a duplication pick, blah, blah, blah. What say you? Uh, no, and what this guy is after watching a lot of and a lot of tape on this guy, mm-hmm. this guy's a bigger version of Tariq Cohen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very fast. He's like a four-four-five guy. He's a returner. He's got three kickoff returns for touchdowns in his career, um, and he's got great hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, actually, I don't know if you have any clips of him catching the ball out of the backfield. I mean, that's just a little yeah swing pass there. But he's he's got some you know deep passes and crossing routes where he takes it to the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one of his kickoff returns. Uh, good football player and and versatile. Now I can see him because his hands are so good being used in the slot sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 you'll have that versatility. So you know what? You can call him a gadget guy, mm-hmm. and and that may be accurate. And but he can flat out fly. He is a fast guy. He's not as small as as Tariq. Tariq was five six. This guy's five eleven. He's two hundred and five, two hundred and eight pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, so and he can run. So you know, <laughs> a- interesting guy. And I, I think that was the the common denominators. I tweeted out last night. I don't know if you saw it because I I talked to some people. Vellis Jones was a guy the Bears specifically targeted. Mm-hmm. I saw that. And and. They did it because of what he can the, the multiple things he could do. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we had a question earlier about Debo. Well, that's what they want to do. It, you know, it's the same offense. Mm-hmm. Be able to use that guy in several ways. He can catch the ball. And how about this, too? Because I, I looked up this last night because I, I, my recall said Devin was a little older. This guy's only 11 months older than Devin coming into the league. So I don't want to hear any of this BS about his age. <laughs> mm. um, one of the things that really impressed me, and it's similar to what you've just been talking about, with Valus Jones and now this pick, uh, Tristan Ebner, these guys are, are players that Luke Getze is just super stoked about. These are weapons for a creative offensive coordinator. And as Ryan Pose said in his press conference, when Valus lines up because of his incredible 4.3 speed, the defense is going to be looking for him and making adjustments to make sure that this guy doesn't get deep. This guy, Ebner, offers some of those same traits because of his pass catching ability. You've got to account for where he is. Is. That's exciting. For, right. Should be exciting for Bears fans. He's never going to be a full time player. That's not what he's going to be useful. But what's what's interesting is, you know, they drafted two guys, Velas Jones and this guy, who are returners. And then there's a, a an undrafted free agent that they got, who's a hell of a returner too. So they got three, and they had none four days ago. You know, so they've taken care of that problem. And, and that's an important problem. And the Bears got a history of having good returners. Now, how about this? I mean, since I started working here, and you had Devin Hester, Johnny Knox, Daniel Manning, uh, Patterson, Cordell Patterson, all of them go to the Pro Bowl as returners. 
You know, the, the history of good returners with this franchise is there over the last 20 years. Wow. That is, uh, yeah, somebody mentioned uh, uh, on our previous shows the Bears haven't had a good returner since Hester, but that's not at all the case. Uh, they've had some very good returners. Yeah. Now they're really They just haven't had a guy with the staying power that, that they've kept as long as, as uh, Devin. The guy they had last year was pretty good, but they didn't get him until the middle of the year. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So uh, Doug Kramer, the offensive lineman from Illinois, was the next pick. Uh, what do you know about him? He's a center only. And he's a rare five-year starter because he took that extra year because of COVID. Oh, this guy right. started 48 college football games at center. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a hell of a stat. That is. And, uh, you know, so he's obviously very, very durable. Uh, not the biggest guy. He's six two. He's two ninety nine, three hundred. Like, you know, he'd probably get up to three oh five. He's a pretty good athlete. Um, there was a, a thing I saw on Twitter last night of him doing his leg workout. He was pushing a Dodge Ram pickup truck uphill. I saw that. <laughs> um, you know, working out of his leg strength. Uh, the only negative I see is as right as of right now, he's only played center, which means that if he can't play guard mm-hmm. or learn how to play guard, and he's athletic enough to play guard, mm-hmm. then he's a guy that, you know, he can go to, unless he's a starting center, he's not going to dress on Sunday. Yeah. Going back to what I said just a couple minutes ago. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I see him this year probably is a practice squad guy. Mm. Maybe he can beat out Patrick scales and be the long snapper. And then the backup. I don't know if he, I, I, you know, I don't know if he does. Yeah. I don't know either. Snapping. I mean that, you know, that, that, that's a specialty and, mm-hmm. and everybody has a specialist. Every team in the league has a specialist who does that. Mm-hmm. Jordan uh, is making a great suggestion. Uh, you can give Lovey a call and find out what he thought about uh, Kramer's tenure at Illinois. So. No, he would have. He would have been uh, recruited. He's 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 a local kid. He's from Hinsdale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, right down the road. Right, and uh, you know, my 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 golfing group is all from Hinsdale. Ooh, look at I, you. I, I, I got to do some traveling when I go when I play <laughs> golf with these guys. I love it. All right. Uh, following the Kramer pick on uh, the 226, uh, the uh, Bears, and I, I I, think I screwed up the spelling on his name, Jatir Carter, the guard out of Southern. Uh, uh, this guy intrigues me tremendously. You know what? You, you got it. He's a very interesting guy. Dominated that FCS level of competition in, in the uh, HBCU conferences. Uh, a lot of talent, played tackle. He's six three and three quarters. He's you know he's big. He's got real long arms. He's strong. Uh, held up really well at the Senior Bowl. I saw an interesting stat. There's like everybody at the Senior Bowl got drafted this year. I think, you know, which is really an interesting stat. I think just about everybody. Kudos to Nagy, Jim Nagy. Yep. But I, I see this guy as a guard. And another guy who can move outside to tackle if he has to to get you out of a game. Mm-hmm. He reminds me a little bit, but he's he's brawnier coming out. He's got bigger legs. 
Charles Leno. Mm-hmm. You know, Leno, Leno, though, had from the knees down, his legs were about this big around. I mean, you know, he <laughs> had no calves whatsoever. And, you know, this this guy's got a lot thicker, lower body. But an interesting guy just, you know, coming from his where he came from, uh, you know, low-level recruit. He plays at an HBCU school. Uh, you know, he's raw. So mm-hmm. another guy that maybe have to spend a year on the practice squad, and so what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and sometimes with these guys, you know, don't be shocked if they if if the guy plays good in preseason. Because here's some of the games that you got to do, and I probably shouldn't say this over the air, but you know, sometimes you don't even want to play if they look good in practice. You don't even want to play them in the preseason because. You don't want you don't share your practice tape, but you do share. You know the game tape goes out to everybody, mm-hmm. and, you, and and there's guys that you don't want claimed. Mm-hmm. So, and and then you, you know if you really think there's a chance of of him getting claimed, well, then you find an injury for him. You know, and so what if he's on IR? Exactly. You know, he can, there, there, there's stuff he can do on the side he's not going to practice but you know he's going to learn and uh you know so it wouldn't shock me you know i'm throwing a dart at the wall here i understand but i i I know how you do these things to protect Mm -hmm. players protect guys you want to keep and when you got we you're gonna love draft choices and if Mm -hmm. these if they like these guys then you know you got to find a way to keep them around right exactly um the uh, Tony has a great point here that I'd like for you to address. Uh, do you worry that a lot of these rookies could be stolen from other teams off their uh, practice squad, other teams stealing these guys who will be on the Bears practice squad? Yeah, but I mean, that, that, excuse my language, shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, know what happens? You've got an opportunity. The way the rule works, right. if somebody wants to take them, Mm-hmm. You get a chance to match the opportunity to bring them up to your own 53. Right. And if you don't bring them up to your 53, then they can go to the other team. Right. Yeah, this is something you really shouldn't worry about. One reason is because teams, like you said, Greg, they fall in love with the players they've chosen. And they will be very, very reluctant to drop one of their players to pick up one of the players that you have in, in your practice squad because they've they've you know they've invested in finding the players that they signed that they drafted and so forth. So that's that love affair that is hard to break. Well, here's the here's the exception. The exception is that Tennessee Titans may have wanted this guy. Yeah, that's that's uh, a great okay. Point. Okay, so. And it was a guy that they were they were eyeballing in the draft, and mm-hmm. and so now he's on your practice squad. And I'm just you know I'm making up the Tennessee Titans, obviously. Sure. The and and now you get an opportunity to steal him. You're going to do it. We used to have a saying: I want to be able to cut him. Mm-hmm. You know, I there's stuff I like I like about this guy. I want him in my camp. So <laughs> if he's not good enough, at least I know he's not good enough, and I can cut him. I don't want somebody else to have him before me. 
That's that's good. And you gotta, you know, you gotta look at history. How many times has it happened that a player has been plucked from the Bears practice squad and he's gone on to great to do great things? I can't think of a name off the top of my head. I know that there are some, but a guy like Kareeth White, who was uh, drafted in the seventh round by the Bears, a super speedster, good kickoff returner, he was plucked out of the practice squad by the practice uh, by the Pittsburgh Steelers, had a excellent debut game, and then after that, you never heard from him again. I don't even think he's with the Steelers anymore so you know I mean stuff happens it depends on the situation depends on the opportunity uh, you know Nomad here said I love the linemen who drafted I really like them too now they're down the road guys they're not ready for prime time right but but so what mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's a starting point you got to look at the traits and and do they have something to develop is their upside. And I think with every single one of these guys, there's a lot of upside. You know, we, we used to call it floor and ceiling. What's the floor of the guy? What's the ceiling of the guy? Mm-hmm. All these guys have a high ceiling. Yep. Elijah Hicks has a high ceiling. If you watch that videotape that he put up on social media talking about how stoked he was, he started doing push-ups. He went from the Bears to the Bears? Yeah, exactly. That guy, he looks like a super intriguing prospect. Maybe, again, not a guy that you'll see in the starting lineup, but a developmental player, and he should put some pressure on some of the defensive backs on the team. Yeah, well, he didn't. We don't have a speed on him. He didn't run. He had a, a, a Jones fracture. I don't even remember what a Jones fracture is. But <laughs> I've never it's, heard of it. <laughs> it it's, it's in your foot. Okay. So he, we don't have a speed. This is a guy that played corner and then moved inside to safety. Mm-hmm. You can see there he's got a lot of range. He's got ball skills. He's got instincts. He'll come up and support the run. Uh, very enthusiastic guy. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a guy that, that – got a damn good chance to make the team and, and, and produce on special teams as, as a rookie, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a solid pick. Yep. And, and again, evidence, you know, people are saying, well, you drafted a, a, a safety in round two. Why is it necessary when you have this need and that need? Because it said so. <laughs> this guy's good. Thank you. It's the board. You got to, got to be. A- you don't turn down talent. Yeah, that's the thing. I love this, uh, that thinking. Now, you may be, you know, dissenters may be right that the player they had rated above Hicks is, is, is going to have a better career. You may be right about that. But for the Bears, this was the right pick. All of these scouts who have spent time and time and time, again, working as a group, working individually, scouting these players to all of a sudden deviate from the draft board that everyone collectively agreed on, that to me is a bigger mistake for an organization. I, I, oh, I, no, I, no, no, there's no question. Now, you could have two players with the same grade, mm-hmm. and then if one fills a need better than another, okay, that's fine. But if you've got it, there's an obvious difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, we go in, we, we, we you know, give, give you an example. Let's say we pick in the fourth round. As soon as we get done with the fourth round, we're already looking, okay, this is the guy we want in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. You know, because we, we've planned it out. And now you're holding, you know, you're holding your breath that somebody else doesn't take him. And again, read that article, Peter King's article today. He's Hello. talking about, because, because, the, the Ravens had just a bundle of fourth-round picks, and there was one guy that they were targeting with one of those fourth-round picks, and he got swapped up a couple slots before, and, you know, one of their 
uh, scouts start swearing in the draft room because because he's disappointed. And then uh, their GM Eric DaCosta just said, "Hey, you know that's the draft." Mm. And then they go on to the next guy. You got you got to be prepared for that. Indeed. All right. Their final draft pick was the punter out of uh, North Carolina State. He actually uh, handled kickoffs, too, is Trenton Gill. Thoughts on him? Uh, real strong leg. I think his, his career average is well over 45 yards. Only negative I saw, and, and you can fix this, mm-hmm. is it, it, in the pro game, you prefer a two-step punter. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's a three-step guy. Yep. So the get off time is a little bit longer, yeah. Where slower, <laughs> however you want to use whatever word you want to use. Yes. And he's a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage when he gets the kickoff. So that means it, it, it has a better chance of, of getting blocked. But this guy's got a boomer leg now. Yeah. And you, and you can fix the, you know, two step, three step drop thing that's just a matter of practice yeah yeah i actually saw one highlight of him where he took what i thought were four steps <laughs> i'm like you, you can't do that you better cut that down dramatically but uh, he's an intriguing guy to watch he'll, he'll be in camp battling and and hopefully the coaching staff can develop his uh and refine that technique Okay, uh, let's see if we can get a couple of questions out of the way before we start talking about undrafted free agents um Let's see. Uh, Dave asks, what is easier to fix on offensive line draftees, base, hands, or bend issues? Bend issues are tough to fix. That's natural. Mm-hmm. You either got it or you don't. And that's, you know, if a guy can't bend, you're not taking them. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys who can't bend, they don't have that natural knee bend. And if you, you know, think about it, because knee bend for good players is imperative in many, many, many sports, even skiing. Once I got it, you know, cause I've, I've been an avid skier since I've been in, you know, in grade school. And you think about it. Once I got into scouting, I started thinking about it. Cause you're looking at benders. Well, to be a good skier, you got to be able to bend your knees cause you can't turn fast when you're, mm-hmm. you know, go, if you're, if you're got straight legs, you're going to, you know, fall or hit a tree or something. Basketball to be, to be a good defensive player, you got to be able to bend. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just watch a pitcher when he's getting ready to warm up. You ever see him standing there straight legged? No, his knees are bent. <laughs> okay, but it's to what degree do can they bend? And if you don't have that ankle and knee flexibility, mm-hmm. you you know, there's there's some guys who play in the league who get by because they're ultra strong and ultra competitive, but most of them fail. So it, to me, it's not something you can teach. It's, it's, it's just a natural trait that you have. Mm-hmm. Hand use can easily, that's coaching. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's what have they, what have they been taught? Uh, the, the uh, tackle from uh, Smith from uh, Tulsa. Tyler Smith. Awful hand use. And, and part of it was he hasn't always been an offensive lineman, but his hands are outside a lot. They're out like this, and he gets called for holding a lot. And if you get your hands outside the framework of the player's body, right, you're getting called for holding 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. If you're grabbing in here, you're getting called for holding. You grab here, you'll seldom get called. Yeah. And they all grab. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they work on the technique. They get their hands underneath the shoulder, their thumbs underneath the shoulder pads, mm-hmm. and then they grab and hold on. And mm-hmm. uh, that's perfectly fine. You're never going to get called for that unless the guy turns and then you can see his jersey pull away from him. <laughs> but most of the time, you know, 99.9% of the time, you're never going to get called. Get your hands outside or behind them, you're done. Why yeah, you going up in the air? Jordan says or asks, uh, did, uh, do you view uh, Jaquan Brisker worth more than, say, Alec Pierce? Obviously, you don't know Poles' board, but just curious what you thought about Chicago passing on Pierce for Ballard to grab him later, a little later. Well, Ballard flat, flat out told me in a text, he said, I thought the Bears were going to take him, Pierce. <laughs> and I, I might have the, the text here. Let me see. Yeah, everybody in love with Alec Pierce. He's going to be a dynamite, uh, uh, a dynamite wide receiver in this league, and, and great value for the Colts. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully we don't look back and say, "Man, we should have picked that wide receiver instead of the safety." I doubt it, but we'll see. <laughs> you and uh, you and uh, Mr. Ballard text quite frequently, don't you? Every day. Every day. Wow. No, not every day, but a lot. Um, <laughs> where is it here? I said, you got my guy, you prick. I love prick. I love Pierce. And he said, now they traded down. Uh-huh. They had 42 and they traded down. He said, I would have taken him at 42. I think he's going to be great. I said, I do too. Saw him live at Notre Dame and he tore them up. I had him ahead of, of many taken above him. Mm-hmm. He said, then Chris says, I held my breath with Chicago. Mm-hmm. There you go. But, you know, so it's how you look at him. Mm-hmm. And he, I like Pierce. But if, and, and Pierce, I think, is going to be a good pro. Yes, it was a knee. But if Brisker comes in as a starter and a good starter, mm-hmm. what the hell difference does it make? Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Uh, let's get another couple before we continue. Uh, do you think that these picks uh, on the offensive line start to spell out Cody Whitehair's ticket out of time in 2023? I know there's a potential out on his contract that would make it attractive for the left guard to be moved uh, off the squad. What are your thoughts about Whitehair's immediate future? Well, when you, when you saw they didn't bring back Daniels, Mm-hmm. That pretty much gave you the answer. Mm, that's okay, a- so and now I don't have, uh, you know, I could probably get into the uh, over the cap uh, thing, but I'm not going to do it right now and find out what the parameter of his contract is. I know it would not be cost effective to do it now, especially after right. cutting Foles. I think in a perfect world, they were hoping to hold on to Foles for another month. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then cut them on June first or June second, uh, and then they get that they carry over. But now he's off the books. Mm-hmm. They did it; it's done. Uh, they did the right thing for Foles. They didn't necessarily do the right thing for themselves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cap wise. But I, you know, I I don't think they're they're that worried about it. And you knew something was going to happen when you know he showed he's on vacation in some island somewhere during minicamp and. Uh, you know, doesn't show up. So, I mean, he was told not to show up. 
Yeah. Well, I uh, wish uh, Nick Foles a lot of luck uh, with the rest of his NFL career. I know you're going to be seeing him in a coaching sideline uh, job in the near future. Uh, he's got coach written all over himself. Uh, Michael Ibsen asked a question, and based on who was taken in the draft, what position do you think the focus on will be on with the rest of free agency coming up? And you've talked about this on, on Twitter over the last 24 hours or so. Wide receiver and and one veteran offensive lineman, maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they may you know they may want to go and see what what these guys can do. But with linemen, it's hard because you can't hit. Mm-hmm. You know they can know how their brain works and how quickly they pick up things and if they're doing the right things. But you still don't see the the physical part of the game until you actually get to camp. Uh, people keep saying. You know, the Fisher left tackle. I cannot see that happen, and, and I'll tell you why. Number one, Poles was at, at uh, Kansas City where Fisher was a, you know, first draft pick, first-round draft pick, mm-hmm. and he started the slide, and they didn't bring him back. Mm-hmm. And he went to the Colts, and the Colts kept him one year and didn't bring him back. So why why would you bring him in? Mm-hmm. So was his slide, excuse me, was Eric Fisher's slide, did that begin prior to his injury before his, he injured his uh, leg in the, uh, in the Super Bowl? You know, I, I I can't answer that only because I I haven't studied his pro tape that much. Sure. sure. I just know the history that, and, and Chris was in Kansas city. So Chris knew what he was in Kansas city and then he, he got hurt at the Super Bowl. I think he tore an Achilles. Yes. And then he comes to uh, to the Colts last year. Now, he's a, a year further out from that surgery. That's my thinking, yeah. Okay, so yeah, could that play into a little? Yeah. Um, so from that standpoint, yes. But the don't forget, if I'm saying that right now, Chris was thinking that too. Yeah. And he said no. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and – they're 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 moving on now. The the guard that I see out there is Trey Turner, five time Pro Bowler. Yeah. He's only he'll, he'll be twenty nine years old before camp starts. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of his tape last year in Pittsburgh, playing for the current Bears offensive line coach, mm-hmm. was pretty good. But there's times he looked pretty bad too. Mm-hmm. So whether he lost it, I don't know. How many, they didn't pay him a lot in Pittsburgh last year, so I don't think they. They'd have to pay him a lot here. Um, if it did happen, it's not going to happen until at least tomorrow. It's not going to happen today. Yeah. Okay. Only be, today's the last day for free agencies to count in the formula, and I don't have a clue where the Bears are. I don't think they're going to get any compensatory picks anyway, unless Akeem Hicks signed somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because the other day we talked about, well, maybe they, they would bring back Hicks and then right away somebody else had some stuff that they may be talking to. I, Who knows? I'm just, I was throwing a dart at the wall. Yeah. Well, Eddie Jackson tweeted out, you know, uh, uh, encouraging the Bears to bring back Akeem Hicks. And I think that might have started all this speculation that they're 
have been official talks with Poles and Hicks's agent, but there's no been no confirmed report that that's going on. So, well, I, I wouldn't hold your breath that Akeem Hicks is coming back. If he did come back, I'd like it because I love the player. But of course, there are those injury concerns. We'll we'll, uh, we'll stay tuned. Well, you know, he's still he's still here in Chicago. His, his agent is Drew Rosenhaus. Um, you know, Drew came in last summer. He went to camp trying to get an extension for him. Obviously, that didn't work. And, and you know, Drew was probably looking for big money. Now it's, it's changing. Now you're going to get him at your price. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's 31 other teams in the same boat. They're waiting until tomorrow before. See, and, and, and I'm going all over the place here, but a lot of teams will sign vets based on what they did in, in the draft. Like the New Orleans Saints had a big need at safety. They didn't draft a safety. They didn't, you know, at one, it didn't fall that way for them in the draft. So they signed Honey Badger today. So the, the Bears could do the same thing. There's going to be guys on the street, but again, you want to wait at least until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. This late in the free agency, the price starts coming down. Now, if there's a really good guy out there, you're going to, you're going to have to pay for them. And then there's, after June 1st, there's going to be cuts. And there's going to be, in fact, there'll be cuts probably this week. There'll be guys, you got guys in the draft that you wanted, that you were targeting. And then you're saying, okay, this guy's gone, this guy's gone, and this guy. There could be a bunch of, you know, a handful of guys put out to pasture this week mm. or next week. And and you're going to cut them. Might be after the rookie mini camps, after you get a good look at your rookie class and say, hey, this, these guys are as good as we thought they were going to be. Mm. And uh, I, I remember this, you know, speaking of rookie minicamp, mm-hmm. that one of the guys on our staff, personnel staff, a, a decision maker, it wasn't me, mm-hmm. after the third day of, of rookie minicamp, this is the year we took Rex. He'll be the starter. Mm. Now, we didn't expect him to be a starter as a rookie, and he started the last, what, five games or something. Right. But he said after three days of minicamp, he will be our starter. Hmm. So um, it's sometimes that easy to spot that talent. I think it was a similar situation with um, the Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson. It, it took, uh, it didn't take long for Pete Carroll to know that he was, uh, the rookie was going to start over Matt Flynn, the big free agent acquisition that year. Well, that him. wasn't hard to figure out. <laughs> Flynn was you, you, you and I could throw better than Matt Flynn. <laughs> he threw for six touchdowns in that one uh, game at the end of the season, and everybody thought he was the next coming of Bart Starr. So, <laughs> boy, did he make a fortune in free agency and and stunk. He sure Just, did. Oh my God! I mean, that that shows you how stupid some teams can be. <laughs> well, and that's usually a smart team when it comes to stuff like that. But they were desperate for a quarterback, and uh, but they did find one in the draft. So, uh, Eric, guys, I'm breaking news, and I just confirmed it over a Twitter report uh, that the Chiefs are signing Justin Ross. You know, you got to look at this as the Chiefs are saying we're going to scratch this guy, we're going to put him on the injury report, and in a couple of years we're going to unveil him. And, and we're going to show people that we're smarter. Well, than you know, he's, he's still uh, signings aren't official until you pass a medical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now we know that. Saying now. that, and <laughs> saying that, he's already gone through a medical at the combine. Mm-hmm. So the doctors know something. 
So they know, and they're probably saying, okay, look at it. It's a free agency. It's a, this is a risk-reward business. And now it, it's two days after the last day of the draft, and they're signing him. And do you think he's getting a lot of money? Hell no. He's getting an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And and the contracts don't the money is the is the signing bonus. And now what they've done to circumvent, you know, you get a pool of money and the money it, it came out uh last week what the pool is this year, like $137 or $167,000, or something like that. That's the pool you can use for signing bonuses for your undrafted free agents. Mm-hmm. But what teams are doing to circumvent that. Mm-hmm is guaranteeing a portion of their first year. Mm-hmm. There, there's a player that Philly signed. They guaranteed $250,000 of the first-year contract. Mm-hmm. You know, quarterback, uh, the kid from uh, Nevada. So the what happens with that, that, that what's that, that's guaranteeing that kid's going to be on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to claim him because they <laughs> – He's got that guarantee right, right. in the contract. So okay. it, it's he's going to go on the practice squad. The contract technically becomes null and void, but there's an offset because of that guarantee, and mm-hmm. that's going to be his practice squad money. Mm. Uh, I got uh, bad news for you. Victor Jesus is reporting that Tri Turner is signed with the Washington Commanders. Okay, well, I figured he'd get signed right around now. Yeah, that stinks. Oh, well. Um, Let's talk about the undrafted free agents, the trial and invites. There were a couple of dozen names, but you have identified uh, a handful that you'd like to talk about. Yeah, only because, you know, obviously we don't know a lot about some of these guys, but I look at traits. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, um, first guy, Savan or something, uh, Scarborough from Utah State. Oh, yes. He's 5'10", 6", so 5'10", and 3 quarters, 185 pounds. He ran a 4'4'4". He's got a 38 vertical, a 10'8 long jump, very athletic guy. Uh, he ran under 7 seconds in the 3 cone, mm-hmm. uh, 14 bench. All The numbers across the board are good. Obviously not the tallest guy at, at 5'10 and 3 quarters, but he's got long arms. Mm-hmm. And he's a return guy, a very good return guy. So there's a trait there that they really like, the returnability, good receiver uh, for Utah State. He can run. You know, you're looking – when you're signing guys like this, you know, you want something that you can use to build on. Right. Okay, you're going to – A 100-yard run that he had uh, this past season. He's got some speed and moves. (laughs) <laughs> fakes to the inside, but they're not going to catch him. He's going down the sideline. So he is a depth piece and somebody who, you know, you, you stash if he it plays well during camp and uh, maybe can help you down the line. Right. Hey, every year there's two or three of these guys make the team, make the 53. Not, not, I'm not talking practice squad. I'm talking make the 53. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of these guys end up on the practice squad. Okay. Another one. This is a real old level of comp, but they 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 played Baylor or somebody this year. I don't know how the hell that got scheduled because mm-hmm. the uh, kid's name is Cyrus Holder from Duquesne. Duquesne mm-hmm. is a small Catholic school in Pittsburgh, mo- known mostly for basketball. When mm-hmm. I was in college, we played Duquesne, and that was D3 level. Mm-hmm. And uh, they play in, a, I think, a non-scholarship 
one double A or FCS level uh, of competition now, but this guy's six, two and three quarters, 200 pounds and runs a four, four, seven. Wow. You know, and, and so he fits that mold that you uh, like at, at, see, this is yeah TCU they played. I go, how the hell are they playing TCU? <laughs> and, but, you know, if you look at the Green Bay guys, they're all tall guys, tall, long guys, and that's what this guy is. Hmm. Tracks, so that mold. tracks the deep ball uh, rather nicely in these highlights that I'm seeing. Right. Okay, another guy, this guy, a, a little guy from Liberty, mm-hmm. Kevin, I guess you pronounce his name, Shea. It's spelled S-H-A-A, so that, I guess that would be Shea. Um, he was their leading receiver for Malik Willis. But he's he now he's tiny. He's 5'10, 166 pounds, but he runs 4'38, 38 vertical and a 10 11 long jump. So he's explosive. Hmm. You know, but he can run. So again, trait guy that you're you're just trying to to bring to camp just to see if he can compete, you know, with the guys you already got. It's gonna he be obvi- he, ob- he obviously has speed. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I hope uh, they make uh, good uh, accommodations for fans during training camp because it's going to be fun to see some of these guys compete against one another, especially these fast, super fast wide receivers they've accumul- accumulated. Yeah. The, the next guy I got down is uh, Jack Sanborn, who's a local kid. Oh, yeah. Linebacker from Wisconsin, instinctive linebacker, six one and a half, two 239 pounds, runs a 4'7". He had a six nine three three cone, so you know, th- which is excellent for a linebacker. Mm-hmm. I saw this guy play uh, against Notre Dame, and and you know he looked pretty good. Uh, you know, a depth guy. He would probably be, you know, in, in competition for that same linebacker position. Mm-hmm. But as Flus has said a number of times, you know, very seldom are they going to be playing with three linebackers, right. mostly, you know, nickel defense, two linebackers. So the guy who is the Sam, when they are in a three linebacker uh, defense, the guy who's the Sam has to be, be interchangeable with the other two guys with the will and the mic. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been comparing him to Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, which might be a good comp. Yeah, that, that might be pretty good. About the same size and speed. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, another guy I got is Chase Allen. Big oh, yeah, the tight end from Iowa State, uh, 6'6, 250. More of a move guy, He's not real fast for a move guy, He's a four seven guy, mm-hmm. um, but pretty productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had to give him some money. I mean, I, I think I read like 15,000 or something like that. Now, yeah. you know, Cl- Cl- Cliff is tight with that money now. He's he gonna make you, <laughs> you gotta. I, I worked with Cliff for a long, long time, and I know how he works. He's undrafted free agent <laughs> thing. So he, he, he's not one of these guys that wants to, you know, guarantee $250,000 in a rookie contract to a, in his rookie contract to a, a free agent. So, mm-hmm. but sometimes that's what you got to do to get a guy because there's a lot of competition. $12,000, uh, $60,000 a year, uh, according oh. to Doug, which I, I remember that being absolutely correct. Thanks, Doug. Okay, and the last guy that I had down as a trait guy was Jalen Jones, a five- or six-year corner at, at Mississippi. 
uh, five, just under five eleven, five ten and three quarters, one hundred ninety pounds. Runs a a four four zero. Very athletic guy. He's had injury problems. When he plays, he plays really well. One for the injury problems, and I don't know what all the injuries were. Probably was a draftable guy because mm-hmm. his tape is good. So and he's he can play corner or safety. He's got a lot of suddenness to him. So I mean that's that's be an interesting guy. A big thing with him is he got to stay healthy. Very cool. Um, all right, let's tackle some questions here. Uh, overall, ask Nomad, are you satisfied with the way Ryan Poles is building this roster? Yeah, I I, I think Ryan's been very patient, mm-hmm. and he's not going to overpay. He's going to get the guys he wants at his price. I'd be interested in seeing. You said Trey Washington signed it at uh, uh, Washington Trey earlier today, or Trey Turner rather at Washington earlier today. Right. I think in Pittsburgh he only got this five-time Pro Bowler in Pittsburgh. He only got three million last year. Hmm. Okay, so which is low for a guy with that kind of resume, mm-hmm. and you know last year is twenty-eight years old. So. Um, I'd be interested in seeing what 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 uh, the commanders gave him. Now they had a need at guard. They 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 lost their multi year starter in free agency. So you know this guy could step in and and uh, be a starter for him right away. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's get to the next question from uh, Victor De Jesus. Greg, any thoughts on Billy Price, the second-round pick a couple of years ago? He seems like he has the traits the Bears are looking for. I think he's a center. You, it was uh, drafted he's by – center and a guard. He hasn't played worth a damn. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that's the problem. That's why he's on the street. I, you know, yeah, he had a lot – he was a guy I really liked coming out, and if I recall, he was an Ohio State kid. Mm-hmm. And just didn't live up to where he got drafted. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, could there be something in the tank? Yeah. And he's got versatility in that he can play guard and center. So, yeah, it's a possibility. I wouldn't give him very much money. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd give him a one year veteran minimum contract and uh, compete. Mm. Uh, barroom reporter C.J. Williams and Duck Dyer, <laughs> thanks, guys, uh, are reporting that Trey Turner signed a one-year contract for $3 bucks. Same thing he had last year in Pittsburgh. Mm. And uh, if you guys know how much of that is guaranteed, I would love to know that. So No, that, that won't be – well, put it this way. With, with a vested veteran, if you're on the opening day roster, your contract's guaranteed for the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Jordan uh, just put up that J.C. Treader is still out, uh, out there. Um, he would be a, a really intriguing offensive lineman. He plays guard and center, played for, for the Packers for many years, uh, then went to the Browns. He's really more of a center than a, than yeah. a guard. He, he, and he's a pretty good center. Yes, he and is. he's uh, president of the Players Union. Oh, so he's not going to get hired. No, 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 no. It's, you know, it's the amount of money. It, it, you know, they penciled in the kid from Duke to be the center. Mm-hmm. Now he he's can play guard also. So if you sign JC Treader, then you're moving that guy out to, to guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Treader is, he's a viable Candidate, mm-hmm. um, 
Again, it's money, and and it, it's what they want to do with the other guy too. It's all about the money, money, money. How do you like the way I say? Oh, they got they got the money. I mean, the, the, there's no problem with that. So. Yeah, but they uh, you can tell that this team is being very, very particular about how they're spending money because 2023, big free agency year, they, they're going to have tons of money to play with and draft picks. It's going to be exciting as this rebuild. I'm going to make one prediction. He's going to be tight with the money then too. Oh, really? Yeah, I just think he's going to get his kind of guys. You, now, don't oh, I, forget, one, one, I know we always talk about Baylor, but that's one of his mentors. Mm-hmm. Do you see the Colts going out and going crazy? Yeah. Never. Never. Yeah. He gets the right guys at his price. Mm-hmm. Well, now yeah. he'll trade for a veteran. And, right. you know, like you got Buckner ends up, you know, he'll 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 pay those guys because they're mm-hmm. proven. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, I, I got a little worried when you said, you know, he's probably going to be tight with the money next year, but I'm glad you followed that up by saying it's about getting your guy and not spending extravagantly just for the sake of spending. Well, that's, that's what happened with, with, with um, Ryan Pace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ryan would outbid himself. Right. <laughs> over and over again. I mean, there's so many agents that told me that. Hmm. That he was he was competing against himself. That's crazy for some of that money, you know, and he he didn't have to spend it. Yeah, he didn't have to spend ten million dollars on Andy Dalton. <laughs> he could have got Andy Dalton for five million dollars. Yeah. What a waste of resources! And it's it's too bad that uh, the McCaskies uh, took so long to kind of realize that when so many fans were already kind of pointing that out years ago, but. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, I got a couple of other. Mike Lennon, he could have got for $8 million, not $18 million. Oh, my goodness. I mean, shit, he could have got him for $5 million. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, even that's a lot. Uh, who's going to play the Sam linebacker on this team? I don't know. Okay. Somebody that's on, somebody's on the roster. I mean, my favorite is is the uh, Caleb Johnson from, yep. from last year. I think that, you know, because Caleb can play – Will or Mike in this scheme and, and also be the Sam. And we, he, he, until he got hurt last year, at the end of last year, he was doing a hell of a job on special teams. Mm-hmm. And the nickel, we're going to probably see that 75% minimum uh, on. on uh, that's that's young with a signed in free agency. Yeah. Okay. Um, is it possible, ask Doug, that, Gre- uh, that uh, David Montgomery will be traded this season? I don't see it happening. I mean, I, anything's possible. But I don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to get from? I mean, if you're getting another body that you that you see as a plug and play player for a position of need, then possibly. But what, what are you going to get? A fourth round pick for him? I, I don't see. Uh, that. I don't even know if you can get that. Yeah. You know, think about it. There was uh, no running backs went in the first round, mm-hmm. and. But there was a lot of good running backs in this draft, and teams grabbed them. And mm-hmm. and like Ryan Pohl said it, he said there's a glut of running backs for day three. And some of them were day two caliber players, but because of the you know the devaluization, how's that for a big word? Yeah, of, nice. of the running back position, they lasted. And that's what happens with the quarterbacks. People say, well, why'd those quarterbacks not go until the third round? Because what happens when you don't take them in the first round, mm-hmm. 
people wait because you rather take a position player that's going to play the quarterback, the rookie quarterback in most cases is not going to play. Mm-hmm. So you'd rather take a guy who's going to play mm-hmm. and help your team in some way than that quarterback. So the quarterbacks then drop if they don't go in the first round. Mm-hmm. Nomad's comment here is reminding me of something that I wanted to point out uh, and get your thoughts on, Greg, is that it seems like the board that Ryan Pose created, a lot of it was also influenced by player attitude, by the culture that he's developing. So perhaps there might have been a guy who looked better on tape, but when you add in the stuff that you don't see on tape, locker room leadership, good citizen, loves the game of football so much you just can't keep him away from it. Those things, I think, impacted his board. What, what well, I think a lot of these guys I read were, were team captains. Yes, exactly. Another great point. Another great point. You know, so and that's part of what what you're looking for in the process. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the leadership ability, their ability to get along with their coaches. That's all part. That's all tied into the football character part. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I I can go on a five hour dissertation on on the football character, but it, it's it's totally different than personal character Hmm. okay victor de jesus asks uh, about sam camara he's still on the roster he's wearing about 280 plus seems like a player that can be tried at that three tech similar to henry melton very athletic outside linebacker last last year your thoughts well ask victor i got a question for you how do you know he's 280 plus just out of curiosity i don't know that but i know he played outside linebacker. He was a, a down lineman in college mm-hmm. in a small school. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he went to Stony Brook in New York, which is out on Long Island. And they converted him to an edge guy because he's got quickness and he's got some speed. Uh, but that, but Victor's right. That is a very interesting uh, well, don't don't necessarily believe that Victor put Bear's website. Don't necessarily believe that because that's not always the right way. They, they don't update that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to have and, and I know Jimmy Arthur very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. He was here with with Rusty. I know exactly how he operates. So I know the program that he's using mm-hmm. and each player. I think we talked about this right after Jimmy got got hired they're going to have two things that are assigned. You're going to have an assigned weight and an assigned body fat percentage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, it varies. The body fat percentage can vary depending on the position. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you want your, your skill position guys, your running backs, your defensive back, they all got to be single digit body fat. I think, you know, six, seven, 8% type body fat guys you know, to, to play at an optimum level. And then, you, you know, you're getting up to offensive linemen and they're in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it's not just the guy's weight, it's his mass. So you got, and, and you're looking at the lean mass and the lean mass is his muscle weight versus his overall body weight. And that's what they use the, the that's why they use this thing called the bod pod to get, because that comes up with the exact, figure of what the guy's muscle mass weighs versus fat. Uh, And we all got fat, just how much. Mm -hmm. And so, but to get back to his question, you know, and and that's an interesting name to convert 
to the three mm-hmm. because of his athleticism. But I, I, I've been saying this all along, and I'll keep saying it until somebody proves me wrong. Mario Edwards, I think, could be one hell of a three in this defense. Mm-hmm. And and you need two. And they signed when, when, when they lost the one kid because he flunked the physical, then they, they signed Jones from, from the Chargers right away, like within 12 hours. All right. So exactly. he had to be like their next guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of people are asking about that three-tech position, but if you've been following this show, you know that Greg is really, really high on uh, the two players that are currently slated to be in the depth chart at that position. So, no, the guy I'm really high on is at, at this position is I think Mario Edwards yeah. could be very good as a three. But you also think that Jones is a capable yeah. three team. I, but I, but I, I don't know Jones as well as that. You know, I've seen sure. Edwards play the last couple of years. Gotcha. He he was an undersized guy mm-hmm. in the last scheme. Mm-hmm. He's not a big guy, yep. and he fits the traits. If there's one thing I know, I know this scheme, mm-hmm. and I know it works in the scheme and what doesn't work in the scheme, and so. You know, and just watching it, as soon as they brought in Flutes, the first one of the first things I thought was Mario Edwards is going to three. Mm-hmm. Um, next question is about Eddie Jackson. Jazz wants to know, is Eddie Jackson's job safe? Um, he's, he's got to step up. There's no question. I think he knows that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting. They, they, they've got competition now. Mm-hmm. They signed Crookshank. They they uh, got a rookie in the second round. He, you know, he wants to play. He's safe right now because of the way his contract is. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they can afford to cut him this year, mm-hmm. especially if, you know with all the dead money they got now. But after this year, it could be a different story. He's He's got to step up to the plate. Mm. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, you knew Jordan Silveria was going to have a Roger McCreary question. Do you think Mike Vrabel can turn McCreary and his short arms into a success story? What's it going to do, Jordan? Put them on the rack? <laughs> Stretch those arms. Stretch those babies out. <laughs> yeah, he'll be a nickel. We'll see how good he's going to be. And uh-huh. and But right now, and I'm going to say it again, he will have, if he's a starting nickel for Tennessee, he will have the shortest arms of any corner in the league. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay. We got a couple funny ones here. Uh, Eric wants to know, is there a better university name than Slippery Rock? You've you've attended a lot of universities. What's in my I've been to Slippery Rock probably 10 times in my life. Yeah, I, and it's about an hour north of Pittsburgh. Is it slippery there? <laughs> no, it's just, you know, Pennsylvania is a very mountainous Type state. I, I don't. I don't want them. They're more foothills than mountains to me. It's not like mountains like out in the Rockies, but you know, it's the Alleghenies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the city of Pittsburgh. I mean, it's crazy. The neighborhoods are broken up by the by the rivers of the mountains. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and it's the craziest city to get to get around. And and this, the whole state's like that. You get out east towards towards Philly, and it starts to flatten out a little bit. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, it, it's a different type of state. But yeah, Slippery Rock. That first of all, that conference, that Pennsylvania Division Two conference, is very good football. Penn, high school football is huge in Pennsylvania; always has been. And that 
every year you get guys either drafted or signed as free agents out of that conference, and it's a D2 conference. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I think Beaver College is a better name than Slippery Rock. <laughs> well, how about, you know, Big Cat played in that conference. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I think he was at Cheney State. Yeah, I'd love to get Big Cat on our show here because uh, he's such an interesting fellow. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked if Smoke Monday, the safety, uh, the six foot three safety, who a lot of people have been bringing up throughout the draft preseason, was drafted. I don't think he was. I don't think. I don't think so. He might have been. I. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he he is with the New Orleans Saints now. That's, I'm seeing here. So uh, maybe they signed him to an un- undrafted free agent contract. Um, Doug Dyer, uh, in response to what you were saying, he's asking: Was it East or West? Which okay. one? What what what? What's he mean? Which one is East? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> explain, Douglas. <laughs> Douglas Dyer, UDF. Okay, uh, I got another question here. Uh, Stevens asks, "What's Aldo's mass? You, you don't want to know what my mass is." <laughs> Put him in the bod pod. We'll find out. <laughs> there you go. All right. So based on your experiences, what is happening now at Hallisall? Obviously, they're getting ready to present players to the media. But what is happening in terms of planning for uh, to further develop this roster? Well, the, the vets are all back in. You know, mm-hmm. usually the offseason program is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, with Friday being the extra day for you, you, you got it to get paid the off season program. You mm-hmm. got to be there three days out of the four each, each week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they take attendance. That's a, that's a league requirement. Uh, and if so, if you miss say Tuesday, Friday's a makeup day, mm-hmm. you know, so you, so you can get that full weekend. Cool. So, but that's, that's mostly the case. Now this week, you got a rookie mini camp. So Friday probably still be a makeup day for the vets, but there won't be any teaching. Well, let me, let me go back. Friday, you do two things in the off-season program. You've got your weight training and conditioning and all that, and then you've got time with the coaches. If you miss one day, you're missing your time with the coaches because Friday they're not doing it. Okay, so because it's team oriented and it's offense and defense, you can't have offense versus defense. Okay. Um, Then, but you're going to have your rookies coming in probably Thursday and taking their medicals, especially all these guys who signed contracts, unless they were at the combine, they, they, and a couple of them were, they got to go through a medical. So none of those signings are official yet. You know, they'll, they'll be official after they pass the medical. Right. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the, is the rookie mini camp. So, um, you know, you're going to have the, the coaches getting ready for that. And obviously working with, with, with the vets Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, uh, they'll probably bring in the two second round picks this week. You're allowed to bring in your top guys. Mm-hmm. You know, for a media thing, and the Bears didn't have a one, so they had a two. Whether they could just bring in it, 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 it's a thing with the league. Whether they could bring in both or just the one guy, the top guy, that remains to be seen. But I think they'll be able to bring in both. But they only can stay twenty four hours. They got to mm-hmm. turn around and leave. That's another you know league requirement type thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they'll be back on uh, Thursday. Okay. 
Eric has a question here, uh, and you and I talked about this on one of our last shows. Uh, Poles uh, said that he sat down with Justin Fields a week ago, last weekend, as a matter of fact, not this past weekend, but the weekend before that, and showed him a bunch of of tape. And in fact, uh, Valus Jones, uh, again, this was prior to the draft, Valus Jones was a part of that tape. But Eric wants to know, how common is that, that a, a GM sits down with uh, their rookie prospect and shows tape prior to the draft to kind of explain what the thinking is. I, I don't think it's real common at all. Yeah. I've sat down with guys after we took them. Okay. Um, but not – there's one guy. Alex Brown was like, I want to be a scout type thing. And I think I told the story where he – you know, every once in a while he'd pop into my office and could tell me again why I went in the fourth round. You know, and because he, I think to this day he's still pissed off he went in the fourth round. Mm. But he he'd study players and he wanted to know he'd come in my office and and watch tape with me. Cool, you know, and and really good guy. Really wanted to learn the game and, and perfect. His yeah, practice. no, at Ben he had his own he had, he had his own little board going. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, word is Corey for- Graham was the same way. Uh. Doug Dyer has just told us that uh, Demario McCall from Ohio State, a buddy of Justin Fields, I bet, uh, is coming in for a tryout. Okay. Well, it's not not unusual. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, you'll they'll be – well, first of all, you got to have enough guys to line up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that not unusual. I'll tell you what, but now when, when rookie, rookie minicamp, I think it was my, my second year with the Giants – Mm-hmm. And they've changed the rules. You can't do this stuff anymore. You know, but you still couldn't have pads. And you, we do one-on-ones with the offensive line and defensive line without pads on. And a guy who's deceased now, Lamar Leachman, was a defensive line coach mm-hmm. who was a, a different dude, but a great one of the best defensive line coaches I've ever been around. He had those guys going full board. And just knock the hell out of the offensive lineman. I love it. I love it. Uh, and this is a rookie minicamp. Yeah. Uh, I think we are maybe done with questions here. Which of uh, Yeah, I think we've covered that. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Kenny Adams says, yo, Greg Gabriel, when are you coming to Memphis in, uh, in May? Uh, barbecue and beer is on him. So- uh, I, I have not been. I love Memphis, but I haven't been to Memphis in a while. When I used to go to games at Arkansas State, I used to stay in Memphis because mm-hmm. it was only an hour drive to Arkansas State. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, there used to be a Marriott out by the airport that I used to stay at, but that started to get run down. And then I stayed, there was one downtown that was a newer one that I'd stay at. And then you just get on the highway, go across the river and mm-hmm. go up to uh, Arkansas State or, you know, go to Memphis State. University of Memphis now is Memphis State when I was going there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nice town. And trust me, I've had a barbecue at a lot of those places on Beale Street and a few other places. Um, it, In fact, I'd stay, at, I'd stay in Memphis when I'd go to Ole Miss because mm-hmm. it's another hour and 15-minute drive. And there's, you know, Oxford, Mississippi, there's not a whole lot of places to stay there, especially on a game weekend. Mm-hmm. So if you go, went to a game at Ole Miss – I'd stay in Memphis and then drive an hour and 15 minutes to the game. 
I know you said on this show that when traveling, you were always put up on good hotels, but every once in a while, there's a bummer hotel that you encountered. Do you recall any bummer hotels? Yeah, West Lafayette. <laughs> you didn't hesitate on that one. <laughs> you know, Jeff, Jeff Shiver lives in West Lafayette, uh-huh. one of the Bear Scouts, and, and I, you know, I didn't have a reservation. I had to go to Purdue. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember I was with the Bears or no, I had to be with the Bears because because I was talking to Jeff about it. And I, I there was like this, you know, twenty nine dollar room motel on the main drag in West Lafayette off the hotel. And I told Jeff, I said, you ever heard of that? He goes and Jeff had a has a very deep southern accent. If you've ever heard him talk, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's from southern Alabama. Damn, Greg, there's damn murder in that place a couple weeks ago. Neil Popchinski says West Lafayette is phenomenal for shit hotels. Uh, Well, no, it's now in the last 15 years, a lot of places, there's been a lot of places built up. In fact, there was a Holiday Inn that I used to stay at that was, I knew a back road from the Holiday Inn was at one of the exits, and then you could get over to the stadium that's i mean that's long since been demolished mm-hmm. yeah greg my last question for you is one of the things that ryan poles talked about and there's in some of the interviews uh that the area scouts have had with the media they talked about how gratifying it was that all of their hard work that the scouts talked about all of their hard work was appreciated by polls and that with the accumulation of all of these picks late in the draft, it allowed a lot of these uh, players that these scouts have, have worked on for weeks and months, writing up reports, visiting them, acquiring information about their character and so forth. It was so gratifying to see them pick. Talk a little bit about that and how no, I've, I've, I've always said that day three, day two, when I was working, we didn't have the three-day draft then. Uh, day three is – the scouts day. Mm-hmm. That's where their work really comes into play. And because that's where, you know, you and during the, the meeting process, they're jumping on the table for guys and, and, and you know, guys that really want and, and guys that we, yeah, uh, that they just think would be really good fits for the scheme or whatever. So it, it's always gratifying for for them when one of their guys tell you if a guy if there's a scout and one of his guys doesn't get picked he feels empty after the draft mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can't you only got so many picks so you know one of your guys may not get picked mm-hmm. but you're but you're there's guys gonna be you know that they jumped on the table for and they really put a lot of work into it and you know maybe he's on in, in position to be picked and somebody else took him or he just couldn't get to him or whatever uh, but one thing we started, and they're still doing it, and I'm glad to see Ryan Poles is doing it, is we used to always, after the draft, send the area scout down, you know, to talk to the media a little bit. The guy who really knew the player. Yeah. yeah. And there's, and there's, and, and I know that Ryan Pace continued with that, and, and they did it over the weekend with, uh, well, you know, I guess it cost one guy a job because he said the wrong thing. But uh, oh, really, I didn't know that. I yeah, know. yeah, yeah. You want to share that story? Because I haven't heard that. Well, oh yeah, that, no, he he got let go yesterday. Oh my goodness. Um, they've out of 
a trade secret or a... well, no, it just what he said about uh, Jaquan Brisker. Oh, okay. The 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 uh, language that he used, or yeah, well, he said he said he's what we call a PhD player. Ah, and then he explained what his and and that that didn't sit well. Yeah, yeah. and um, uh, he is no longer with the team, and and it, it hadn't hit the media here, but it's been on you know people who cover that mm-hmm. throughout the country. One being Neil Stratton. Mm-hmm. who has a site called Inside the League. Neil Stratton is the guy that uh, uh, reported it first. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- now whether that was the, the sole reason, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of coincidence there that, uh, you know, he might he might have been out of contract. You know, th- there'd probably be a few other guys let go. Right. And, and the... Uh, yeah, and they would have been let go either yesterday or today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, when you're going to let them go, you do it right after the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't heard of any others, but that doesn't mean there haven't been. Mm-hmm. Just hasn't made its way to the media yet. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times people just say things. It's not meant in a derogatory way, but that's the way, you know, you got to be careful with words nowadays. So. No, um, obviously. And, and when I... When I heard the phrase, I said, what the fuck is he saying? Yeah, that's too bad. And I know the guy. I, You know, I, I've known this guy. He, he was not on my staff. He was at a uh, – uh, and somebody put up the name there. I'm not even going to say the name, but somebody yeah, put I, it up on the screen. I, I, thought, and, and, I thought you wouldn't. And, <laughs> and, you know, I knew him when he worked at Jacksonville and, and some other places, and a nice guy and, and a good scout. Mm-hmm. But yeah. – Sometimes you do stupid things. Yep. All right. Um, That is going to be our episode of Gabriel Talks Football, GTF. Uh, We will be back. I don't know know when, (laughs) but uh, whenever Greg says I'm ready, I uh, immediately put down everything and we schedule a show. So the best way to stay on top of stuff is follow Greg on his Twitter account. That's at Greg Gabe and or follow me at Barroom Network or just subscribe to the Barroom Network's YouTube channel and our 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 Twitter page. We keep you updated on stuff. And if you do subscribe to the Barroom Network YouTube channel, you will get reminders every time we go live with a show. uh, So you won't miss out on anything. And of course, everything is archived right here on our YouTube channel page. So, and we've got tons of great coverage that's up there now. So if you've got uh, hours to uh, spend listening and want to listen to good analysis, we've got tons of stuff there for you. Greg, any final words for your... uh, Uh, No, but stay on. I got there's something I want to share with you when we get off the air. Sounds good. All right. We will be off the air in seconds. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in live. And those of you on the replay, thank you also. Bye-bye, everyone.